Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 153, Answers, the Resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us, from our worldwide shed quarters here, right next to the worldwide ice barrel of the (laughs) Gospel Underground. Jesse, I'm still cold. Uh, guys, I delayed our recording by half an hour today because I, I didn't tell Jesse till it got here. I was like, man, I just takes me forever to warm up after the ice barrel now. Cause it's 30 some degrees and windy outside. I'm like, <laughs> you, li- you, you live cold though. Uh, I do. I so, do. You know, I yeah. mean, you, you run hot, but every, yeah. I came in here it was 59 degrees. <laughs> when I plan, when I plan for gospel underground recording days, I always layer. You always layer. I'm I'm like, I walk down go. the driveway without yeah. my sweater on yeah. and then I put it on when I get here. It's so cold. You know, my friend Brent Malcolm, shout out Brent Malcolm, Brent and Tara, who's also an, an, uh, an igloo dweller. Um, you know, Brent says, man, you just, you just, you just do cold well. Cause he, I told him like my first time jumping in there, I was like, yeah, I did 15 minutes at 45. He's like, what? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so, yeah. you, because of you, yeah. I was like, maybe I'll start doing really cold showers. Yes, yes, okay. So, yes. so I, so I was in the and shower. In the winter, the water's actually cold in the shower. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know when it was. It was, I guess it was the summer because I was in the shower and I couldn't breathe. It was so cold. <laughs> I lasted for like one minute and then I was like, you know, I wonder how cold it was. I wonder if it was like 40. I got my, my, um, thermo I got pin. my thermo pin. <laughs> And I ran into the water and it was like 59 or something. I was like, oh, I'm just, I can never do an ice bath. I couldn't catch my breath in 58 it, degree it water. It was 41 this morning. And that is the key. The first minute you got to breathe. McKenna got, yeah, I'm like, calm down, <laughs> meditation, breathing, you know, prayerful, prayerful, you know, close your mouth, breathing. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's fun. I'm sleeping better than ever. I'm trying to get, get my life together in my fifties. Cause I turned 51. I'm, I'm officially entering the, the decade Dude, on you look, Saturday. You, you, look, so. you look ever since you started ice bath bathing. <laughs> hey, it's, can key. we, can it's we call key. it ice bathing? Ice bathing. <laughs> since <laughs> you're shoving <laughs> myself in cold water. <laughs> you look, you look five degrees, uh, five degrees, five years younger than, uh, well, thank you, Jesse. It's uh, very kind of you to say that we all age. We can't avoid it. We don't need to fake the funk. Uh, but I don't want to, I want to grow old and be able to walk with my wife or, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. wrestle a grandkid or something, teach him high, you know, single legs, single legs, man, slam that kid down. Yeah, yeah. Teach him how to teach him how to be resilient in the world. Take his beatings like a man. Mm. Well, man, what's going mm. on in your world? Rick? Well, you know, I am, uh, I'm happy to be here, Reed. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be hanging out, talking about the resurrection. I dress nicely for you today. Um, you look scholarly, you it, but you look scholarly. What are you going to do? I went to a scholarly event with you last week and you look scholarly today so it's yeah uh, I may, may, I may, yeah I, I may have been wearing the same thing <laughs> i've got my my scholarly outfit is that the cardigan uh, is that the official name of that sweater yeah i think yeah, so yeah i don't I think know these so. things i know ascots cardians there's like well this is not an ascot that's like a thing around your neck or yeah something. yeah it's yeah. like hey muffy uh, come, <laughs> come talk about the historicity of jesus with me today oh uh, this is just a sweater read. yeah good grief sweater weather jesse you, you, you act you, you you put on such an act i'm just a wrestler guy you're so you're you're brilliant anyway, just a dumb jock i'm just happy to be here dressing up because i got i've got some fundraising meetings because as you Ooh. know end of the year is a big time for, for those of us who are uh, the gospel, nonprofits. the gospel and, i was gonna say is a listener funded let's endeavor. do this you don't we, do patreon no we don't do patreon we don't we, we don't make you listeners you know no, you guys you, know, you get, don't get special content this is the special you content. get ice barrel remarks for free <laughs> Without but, interruption, but you, you're from in the middle of a end of the year campaign. We are, we are. We, so I want to highlight it. 
Well, thank you, listeners. Jesse. You should give to the gospel on the ground. Many of you listening out there do. Many we appreciate of you do. That's that, right. and we're grateful. We do have an incredible matching opportunity, Jesse. That's right. That's right. Stop selling our podcast with uh, <laughs> with filthy with filthy, <laughs> filthy lucre. Filthy lucre. Filthy lucre. No, we do. We do. We do. We do all things uh, in the. Gospel I just know you'll never world. do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You can donate gospelonground.org. Yep. It would help. Uh, we do have a really significant match going on. We are grateful for all God allows us to do. And we do, we do, we research, write, produce, audio right. engineer. We do the whole thing. Uh, we pay nobody um, but squarespace.com to host it and then kick out the RSS feeds to all the places. So we're grateful, Jesse, to be here. Thank you for mentioning that. It's very kind. We are in our. I knew if I told you answer, I was going to mention it, you'd make me stop. I would say, no, you can't yeah. do that on yeah. this podcast. We are non monetized. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, um, but you know, our listeners, a lot of our yeah. listeners already give, right? Yeah. And, but a lot of them will want to know how to pray for you. So yeah. so yeah. I think even just praying along with, yeah. with Reed and with Well, thank you, brother. With thank us. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Move All right. On. Move us Moving on. on. Well, we are in answers, right? We did uh, Why Do We Believe in God? Giving good answers, sturdy answers to others when they ask us the reason for the hope they have. And we talked about why, you know, there's the most important reason we believe in God. God changed our life. God is real. That's the most important thing. But there are good reasons. Cosmological, the, the world exists, what caused it, what holds it into being, uh, Design arguments, moral arguments, you know, the encounter, sense of divine in human spirit. And then God raised Jesus from the dead. If Jesus rose from the dead and the hypothesis that I think is true, uh, God raised Jesus from the dead, then obviously God exists. And so today, Jesse, we're talking about the most important historical event, I would say, in all of human uh, history, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And let me just say this to our friends and listeners as we begin. Everyone for all time understood that dead people die and they stay dead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I had a conversation with a friend, Jesse, in the past where he said, well, yeah, back then they all believed in like resurrections. I was like, no, actually, they, they thought it was a miracle because uh, dead people die and they knew that too. It was not a hard, uh, hard fact to uh, empirically verify Right. Um, I know there's mostly dead, which is a challenging thing, but uh, you know, <laughs> he's mostly dead. Uh, miracle Max. Uh, miracle Max. But, but dead people die. And if one rose from the dead, historically, this is an important uh, miracle. In fact, it is the central miracle of the Christian faith, right? Jesus' early followers established, right, the church. And by that, I don't mean the building down on the corner of the street. I mean God's people on mission in the world. They establishes the Christian movement on a message that is found in their writings and creeds. This is from the beginning of the church till now. Uh, in fact, one of those early creeds, a creed is kind of a statement that would be said and shared and memorized, right? Remember, we you know we we invented the printing press later. We have this you know we have leather bound books sitting on our desks that we we should read more probably the Bible. Um, orally, people remembered the sermons and teachings of Jesus. They mm. remembered the the teachings of the apostles, and they recounted to one another in creeds. Uh, many times when they were baptized, they would recite something. And, and most New Testament scholars believe one of the earliest creeds of Christianity is found in the first letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 15, 3-8. For what I delivered to you of first importance, what I received, that Christ, here's the creed, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And then He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep." 
Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to me, one untimely born, he also appeared to me. This is the apostle Paul. This central focus of the resurrection in the earliest Christian belief, later in that same chapter, right, Paul goes to say, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, Mm. you're still in your sins. So the resurrection of Jesus, it's, it's utmost important to our faith, and uh, German uh, resurrection skeptic, a man named Gerd Ludemann, Gerd Ludemann, uh, Gerd Ludemann he, op- he probably wears a sweater, openly acknowledged, <laughs> this is a skeptical man, I'm just messing with you. he's a skeptical man, right? He said the resurrection of Jesus is the central point of the Christian religion. And so, you know, as, a, as an early convert to Christianity in my, in my early mm. 19, 20 years old, and then before I, this is a really important question. Did this really happen? Yeah. Right. It was for me too. I remember, uh, I grew up Roman Catholic. And so there were certain sort of baked in beliefs for me that, uh, I were sort of unquestioned until I became a teenager and I wasn't a very good Roman Catholic, but, but you I, knew the, I believe in God, the father, I'll I knew the creeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and essentially kind of coming to faith for me, really hinged on evidence around the resurrection. Essentially, yeah. can I believe this is a possibility? A, 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 yeah. Is it plausible that, yes. these his, that the historical evidence supports this? I remember laying in my bed reading More Than a Carpenter yeah. when I was like 14 or something and just being, and then, and then grabbing um, evidence that demands a verdict, both, both the of bigger, these, Josh McDowell, yeah. the bigger yep. one, and just kind of being like, uh, I think, I think, yes, yeah. like this. Yeah, there's a that's reasonable. That's right. If, if, yeah. So yeah, it, it was huge it, for me. It's uh, it is one of those things. And for me, you know, I I was a physics major when I was converted, and so I started believing in kind of a first cause or, or something out there through actually in a modern physics class. I was reading this kind of pantheistic atheist guy named Paul Davies, a book called The Mind of God, and looking he, basically Davies looked at the mathematical structure of the universe. And said, hey, there's, you know, the mind of God is the elegance and beauty that's in the universe. So he kind of believed that the universe is kind of divine, but there's, you know, is a complicated idea. But so for me, I was like, well, there's something mm. there. And so if I believe in God, my, my next question said, has God really made himself manifest or known? Or is there anything that you could look at in history um, and, and I was interested in the religions of the world at yeah. the time. It's like, where said that? No, that looks like God showing up. And of course, the 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 amount of, let's use a terrible word for this, the amount of buzz around Jesus's life, his mm. teaching, his impact on the world, and the central claims of his divinity, this is God showing up, right? right? And vindicated in the resurrection of the dead. So for me, I was like, I believe in God. Maybe now has God shown up? Well... Look at the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, when you do this, and, and this is something why we're so excited, guys, to be podcasting about this. Um, I love talking to people about this. I In my witnessing all the time, I was like, you know, hey, I think there's a God and he's shown up. Mm. Um, and and we need to look at Jesus. And, and, and these things we'll talk about, Jesse, there's many approaches to talking about the resurrection. There's a purely kind of biblical approach. There's kind of a philosophical approach. Um, there's minimal facts approaches. There's a cumulative case approach. This, this is in kind of the, uh, the campy industry of apologetics. Um, but but what, what I found is that there are agreed upon things in the narrative of history. Um, so Jewish historians, uh, Greco-Roman historians, Christian ones, even now skeptical people who kind of agree on a certain, these certain factual realities surrounding Christian history. 
And when we look at these things, okay, like all these things are true. So, so what, in other words, what best explains that? Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're helping us build a sort of framework around this is yeah. this is agreed upon whether or not yeah. you believe in the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we build on that framework. Yeah. What, yeah. what best makes yeah. sense of like, this? For instance, this is silly, right? Uh, this is silly, but like the fact that Jesus lived and died. Mm-hmm. There are some radical skeptics out there who try to say, "Well, how do we even know this Jesus guy was real? He could have been like the Easter Bunny." Like the the fact of the person of Jesus and his death, right under Pontius Pilate, as the Bible mm-hmm. record, is attested to. Like, for instance, Jewish historian Josephus, the Roman historian Tacitus, the Greek satir- satirist Lucian, as well as in the, the writings of the Jewish rat the, the, in the Jewish Talmud all talk about this Jesus who lived and died, right? And and look, to have a resurrection, you have to have a death. Yeah. And this fact that Jesus lived and died, and when he did, as the Bible records even, um, I find is non-controversial amongst anybody. Now, if you want to find someone, oh, you can't know nothing about last week, well, good luck, right? You, yeah. Good luck with having no knowledge of yourself yesterday. It's pre- and it's yeah. pretty rare to find someone now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even a, a kind of radical atheist who would argue against the fact of Jesus's... Somebody named Jesus lived and died and was important to a group of Jewish followers in the first century. That's right. That's right. And if you don't think that, you've got to like somehow cook up this massively influential group of Middle Eastern peasants. Because look at the wave in history, man. Yeah. It is pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, it's massively significant what had happened after this person yep. lived and died. I mean, our calendar's dated on it. Um, so, death of Jesus, non-controversial. Uh, the second one may be a little more controversial, but pretty well established. That the, 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 the tomb of Je- Jesus, the earliest documents we have, record that the tomb of Jesus was found empty by a group of his women followers, right? Historically, there's no like, hey, let's go to the gravestone of Jesus. Let's do pilgrimage to where Jesus's dead body right. lies, right? That place doesn't exist, yep. right? Uh, there's a place, uh, you know, that was built up on on top of where Jesus' empty tomb was. Yep. But the tradition from but the you very can't go beginning, dig up. no, no, did, and nor did anyone do so in the ancient right. world. Nor is there any documentation otherwise. Yep. Uh, you know, spiritual leaders, man, their grave sites are places of worship for different followers of different religions. There's this is not the case of Christianity. The story, look again, the story of the empty tomb is in the earliest writings of Christianity. Uh, right at the beginning, it's not legendary. Developed like hundreds or two hundred years later. Like, let's invent some story about the resurrected Savior God. Uh, this exists in the earliest Christian stories, right uh, at the time of the apostles. Okay, early opposition of Jesus never produced a body or yeah. even a written account showing forth a corpse, which could uh, easily refute the preaching of the disciples. Uh, there's nothing but historical silence on on a body of Jesus. Mm. Uh, rather than refuting the empty tomb story, the earliest opponents that we have record of actually produced a counter story to explain the lack of a body. Yeah, and we'll talk about this later in our part two of the resurrection. Uh, they said the disciples must have stolen it. Mm. Right, we can talk more about that later. So. Now, Jesse, why is it interesting to us that the gospel accounts and the earliest accounts in history record that a group of Jesus's women followers mm. discovered the tomb empty that first Easter morning? Why would that be significant? Yeah, to you? and actually, that was significant to me in 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 following Jesus it was recognizing that 
uh, if one in the first century were to make up a story about your, you know, your your religious leader rising right. from the dead, doing something awesome, uh, one yeah. would would simply not have had women as the eyewitnesses, right? Because, Making it up that hey, yeah. let's let's throw women in there, right? You would have had you know Joseph of Arimathea find yeah him, an important you know, person or find him yeah. not there, yeah. Uh, and, and that's because um, in the in the first in, in this context, uh, women their testimony wouldn't even have been admissible in in a court. Right. right There's right. The, the the view of of women in terms of the you know the, the testimony was so low uh, that it would make no sense. Yeah, it would discredit. It the would story. discredit. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh well. You know. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. not saying. Yeah. Women are low, but we're no. saying in the context in both, first century, both Roman, Greco-Roman yep. world and the Jewish world had a miserably low view yep. of the testimony of women. Yep. And so, if the story, let's for instance imagine, if the story by the early Christians is a fabrication, it would have seemed ridiculous to create a story of women being the first evangelist who preached the resurrection of the dead. Right. Yep. Um, the only explanation why they would have written the story this way. The best explanation, yeah. in my view, is that a group of women followers actually reported the tomb empty. That's right. right. Because because the, the, the amount of pressure on someone like John writing his gospel to change this in order to make it more <laughs> if sort of acceptable in yeah, the world yeah. would have been high, right? Yeah. Like, make, they, let's make up a good story that people will believe. This would not be the one they'd make up. Unless it actually happened. That's right. And That's right. John felt compelled that, to report things as they were so that he would honor God right. in truth. That's right. That's right. Which these people had a great interest in doing, right? They were religious Jewish yep. people, believed in the Ten Commandments. The false testimony was a sin. So in the last point here, it, this is saying that the story, the earliest stories, is that a group of Jesus women followers found the tomb uh, empty. Now, what explains that? That's one of the things. Jesus died. There was an empty tomb. Uh, n- number three is what we might call the experiences and changed lives of people, eyewitnesses surrounding this, right? Um, they claim to have seen and had real-life experiences with a living Jesus after he had died. And again, People in the ancient world knew that dead people die. They saw this as a miraculous... Uh, again, the early creed in 1 Corinthians 15 records that Peter, Cephas, numerous other disciples experienced something which they described as the risen Jesus from the dead, right? Um, in the accounts of the canonical gospels, and when we say canonical gospels, guy, we mean Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the books in the Bible, they're in the canon, the Christian scriptures, New Testament. In the canonical gospels, we have Jesus eating with people, giving final instructions to his friends, embracing him physically, right? We'll put this in the show mm-hmm. notes, but this is Mark 15, 16, Luke 24, Matthew 28, John 20, 21, uh, and the book of Acts. And you have you, you have even this, this sense in which um, his followers, it's not as though, you know, they, they were surprised too, yes. to a certain degree, right? You know, like when he's like eating fish and they're like, what? is it going to just float through him? Like yeah, how, yeah. how does it, a ghost can't eat fish That's when he's, right. when he's saying, feel my hands, feel yeah, my side. Yeah. And, and, and look, okay. Imagine for yourselves that you think these people just made this up, right? God, oh, these made it up. It'd be much easier to make up like, I don't know, a spiritual resurrection yeah, or yeah. a phantasm or like he yeah, was like the ghost yeah. of christmas past or something right his spirit appeared his spirit and floated appeared around and, and spoke and there to was us. an apparition yep. or whatever no they say the bodily jesus in the in the body that was dead rose from the dead all right and finally um it's not merely his friends who were impacted and changed by the resurrection it's also his enemies and his skeptics okay for instance mm. saul, saul of tarsus a strict adherent to judaism in the first century 
uh, becomes one of the key leaders of the Jesus movement, right? Uh, Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle. And if you grew up like Jesse, Roman Catholic, Saint, he became Saint Paul, right? Um, his explanation, again, his explanation that he had met the risen Christ, uh, and this is recorded in Acts chapter 9. Now, the last, the last guy we'll talk about here, uh, oh, yeah. Jesse, I think is just funny. It's kind of just funny. We got to laugh sometimes. Got to realize how humorous this be. James, okay, that pro- we're Protestant. We can say this, right? The half brother of Jesus. This yep. is like in the Bible, right? In the, in tradition, right? Uh, the, the, uh, perpetual virginity of Our Lady uh, was later doc- taught by the Catholic Church that Mary never had relations with, with her husband the rest of her life. Um, you got these brothers of Jesus right in the Bible. So James, the half brother of Jesus, goes from being a skeptic of the resurrection to a Christian pastor and a worshiper of Jesus as God. Right yeah. now, look, you might convince Mikey to do this or that. You know, hey, Mikey, try it. You'll like it. Little older brothers, little brothers, brothers. You know, fraternal relations are interesting. Let's just say that. But let's just say, Jesse, it's not normal to convince your brother that you're God. That you're God. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's right. Even to the point where the, the, your, your little brother isn't just worshiping you, but is willing to die for the yes. testimony that you that you're, my little brother, my little half-brother, my older half-brother, I'm sorry, <laughs> is in fact God in the flesh and raised from the dead. Yes. And if you have to kill me, you yes. can kill me. And I now worship him as the risen Christ, yep. Lord and Savior. And I'm the lead pastor of the first of his church of the first <laughs> baptist church of jerusalem that's or the right first christian church of jews our first methodist church or the first southern you know, baptist. So he's a pastor in jerusalem yep. right um he believed james uh, at the end of his life understood jesus to be no mere man and became a devoted worshiper so much that he gives his life in the cause so to speak so N.T. Wright, a uh, Anglican, first Anglican Church of Jerusalem, um, Anglican Bishop N.T. Wright, a British gentleman, a leading scholar on Christian origins, rightly places these realities together when thinking about the emergence, right, of Christian teaching on the resurrection. You want to read that for us, Jesse? Yeah, sure. Uh, the two things which must be regarded as historically secure when we talk about the first Easter are the emptiness of the tomb and the meetings with the risen Jesus. Neither the empty tomb itself, however, or the appearances by themselves could have generated the early Christian belief. The empty tomb alone would have been a puzzle and a tragedy. Sightings of an apparently alive Jesus by themselves would have been classified as visions or hallucinations, which were well enough known in the ancient world. However, an empty tomb and appearances of the living Jesus taken together would have presented a powerful reason for the emergence of the belief. Right, so... What what right is after is like the emergence of the Christian movement was based upon the preachings of the resurrection. And these two things together must be there to explain that belief, right? That the, the tomb was empty and they believed they met him. Um, Jesus's death, the empty tomb, the appearances, the chains lives of his friends, of skeptics and opponents, the birth and emergence of the Christian faith are powerful historical testimony to this resurrection event. And so uh, as we close today, Jesse, I want to touch on a two two interesting facets or facts about early the early Christian movement. Um, all of a sudden, right, there's this community who worships Jesus as the Messiah, right? The prophet, priest, and king, the Old Testament prophesied, uh, the, the, the Lord incarnate, the, the Son of Man, right, from the book of Daniel, 
uh, come to lead God's people to establish a new covenant in his own blood Mm -hmm. as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's interesting uh, what happens at the, the birth of the Christian movement. So, for instance, the testimony of Christians was that the resurrection and the commissioning of the risen Jesus gave birth to this movement. Um, and we find that these things happen within the first two decades of the Christian movement. This is very fast. If you're thinking about history, you know, right. two decades ago, like what is that for us? 2003, mm-hmm. Kylene was born, right? It's not that long ago, yeah. right? Um, so this is right in the early first two decades of Christianity. We find these two things happen. First, we find that the first Christians, who were all devout Jewish people, abruptly, like really quick in history, moved their day of worship from the Sabbath, right, which is what, Friday night to Saturday night, um, Saturday Sabbath, um, to the first day of the week, right? We see this right in 1 Corinthians 16, the early, early written document, that all of a sudden they're worshiping on Saturday. Now, the reason for doing this, and we see this in later writings too, like Justin Martyr's Second Apology, he talks about why we worship on the day of the sun or Sunday, because he says it's the day that God created the world, wrought matter and space, but also the day which Jesus rose from the dead, right? Yeah. Um, so they move worship. The reason uh, was is that Jesus rose. Now, anyone who understands historic devout Judaism knows this is a massive move mm. uh, and, and a seismic move boop, on a dime historically, right? The Ten Commandments themselves dictate the Sabbath be a day of rest, and this is to be on the seventh day, right? Saturday. There's Seventh-day Adventists today that still insist on this. But we see an almost int- instant change of century, hundreds of years of tradition and custom moved to Sunday worship yeah. almost instantly. It's reasonable to say, why'd that happen? Why'd that happen? Yep. Right? And then finally, this is, I think, really striking. Um, we also find that Jewish monotheists, that that if, if anything, uh, if you said what Judaism was, particularly in the ancient world, was a, a strident, firm commitment to monotheism yep. in a world that had gods everywhere, right? Uh, hero is this, the Shema, the, the listen up, the hero in Deuteronomy 6, the hero of Israel, the Lord our God, The Lord is one, Mm. right? You find these people, Jewish monotheists, not simply uh, worshiping Jesus as a God, right? Uh, As any good polytheist or today, like if you're, you you say, you go to India and say, hey, you believe Jesus is God? Oh yeah, good. Another one, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not simply as God, but as Yahweh, right? Incarnate, okay? The God who created the heavens and the earth, right? And covenanted with the Jewish people, they all of a sudden are worshiping him as this person come mm. to earth in the flesh. This is amazing. And Christians saw the resurrection of Jesus to be a divine action of Yahweh that took place in their midst. Which, by the way, there's there's if you read the Gospels, it's clear that this claim of Jesus in his life is understood by the Pharisees and the scribes. It's understood by the religious leaders. And it is what got him crucified. Yeah, they right? did not like it. And they, so, you, you're a mere man, plenty to be God. They picked up stones to stone him. Right? Yeah, and so and so the resurrection validated the claims of Jesus. Right. So that his early followers went, yes, 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 and his early Jewish followers. Right. Yeah. They moved from Sabbath to Sunday, mm. uh, the, the 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 day that the Lord raised from the dead. The and then they began to worship him, which led to right. 
an understanding of Trinitarian monotheism, yeah. right? Where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the witness of the New Testament, in the mouth of Jesus, in the voice of the Father, in the testimony of the Holy Spirit, in the inspiration of the New Testament, right? Uh, we formulate the doctrine of the tr- triuneness of God, the oneness and godness of God in three persons, loving, speaking, and working for our redemption, right? These seismic shifts uh, in the beginning of the Christian movement are explained by the resurrection. Mm. Now, with that, say for instance, if you don't have the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, how do we look at the empty tomb, the the early appearances, the testimony of the woman followers, mm. the death of Jesus, the changed lives, the instant uh, rise of the Christian movement with this belief that Jesus rose back, with shifting worship from Saturday to Sunday, with them dying for this pretty much most of the early Christian leaders were martyred for their faith, and worshiping him as God, even his brother. Mm. What do we do with that historical testimony? There are things to be said about that, Jesse, and we think we'll look next time, right, at various explanations for this, perhaps, from others, but we hold and believe and confess that the best explanation is that God... The God of the Old Testament, the God of the Bible, the Creator God, Judge and Savior, raised Jesus, the Divine Christ, from the dead. Jesse. Amen. Amen. The Gospel Underground Podcast is produced in partnership with the Bonhoeffer House and funded by our friends. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, review us on iTunes, uh, Spotify. Uh, hey, we got Spotify listeners now, Jesse. Uh, send your comments, feedback, questions you might want us to take up here to info at gospelunderground.org. And we are a dialogue taking place after the resurrection, awaiting the return of the risen king, a dialogue taking place to see more people become worshipers of him in the borderlands between the church and culture. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Great sweater, Jesse. (laughs) All scholarly engagements, we need sweaters. (laughs) See, this is the bonus content. (laughs) Bonus content. Holla, we're out.